Hi, this is the Social Jello with Angelo show. My name's Angelo. I'm a social scientist, surfer, martial artist, and a whole lot of other things. Coming to you live from Kasai City, Japan, the Social Jello with Angelo show. What's up? And welcome to Social Jello with Angelo podcast. I'm here again with Mitch Powell, the KSDI historian. If you saw the title, if, if, if everything stays to plan, you know, what, what not, when did the Kajukembo name go public? Uh, before we even start, I'm just going to say I'm running off about two to three hours of sleep for the last four nights because my daughter's been sick. And I know Mitch might come up with some quizzes. Last time, with fully rested, I failed every single one of Mitch's quizzes. So, like, I'm not rested. Let's see how badly I do today. So, so Mitch, thanks for coming on the show. So let's just start with what people think they know. What would you say, like, so anybody who just clicked on, hey, thanks for watching, you're going to get your first maybe answer right now. A lot of you tend to jump in the comments and put the answer before watching the video. Thank you for taking a few seconds to listen to the video. What's the answer do you that you think, oh, I'm going to quiz you, Mitch. Oh, what's the answer you think? People are going to jump on and say when they see that title, when did Kajukembo go public or when was Kajukembo? Okay, I'm, I'm even going to go to the confusion, the difference between public and founded. But what do you think people are throwing on there right now in the comments? Well, I think most people believe Kajukembo was founded or created in 1947. So it's going to be something like that. Or from 47 to 49, when the co-founders got together, they got to throw out some number like that. And, and, um, if this piques our interest, it's none of that. So, but before we go there, this guy with two to three hours of sleep forgot to say, this is Social Joe with the Angelo podcast. And if you like it, click the little thingy at the bottom there. He always forgets until the very, very end. And he goes, oh yeah. So if you like these videos, click the like button. How'd I do? You did better than I did. Thank you very much for doing okay. that for me. <laughs> <laughs> so that's the thing right people like you said 1947 that's what you'll hear um i don't know how many youtube videos i've seen that say that too um i'm guessing it's because that's what it says on the, on the wikipedia page is that what it says on the wikipedia page i'm not sure because i looked at it uh, a few different times and it's so flawed that it's really hard for me to look at that and want to read any of it because <laughs> you know, well you know it's a best case scenario if everything was accurate. You know, if for a lot of people that don't quite understand what Kajikim was all about or where it comes from, look, man, you, you got to look at John Bishop's books. John's a grandmaster in Kajikim, who's been doing it for a long, long time. But more than that, he has authored a couple of the earliest Kajikim books, and his source was Adrian Imperato, the co founder of Kajikim, along with a whole bunch of other people who provided him uh, information. His books tell the story. What we do, or what I do as a story with the KSDI is, I try to identify pieces of the story, maybe more elaborate, or I found some documents that might suggest, uh, uh, look at this a little closer, look at that a little closer. No matter what I've come up with in the last 10 years, nothing has changed the story that John Bishop has written in any of his books. Five co-founders started training together in 47, trained for a couple of years, came up with techniques, and the art grew from there. That's never been debated, and, and it shouldn't be, because that's accurate. 
So let's let's throw it out there then. So when did the Kajakembo name first get used publicly? Well, let, let's do this, Angela. Let's look at when uh, or actually who came up with the name Kaji Kimball. Let's do that, right? So uh, let me go back a ways. There was a video in 1987. Dion McCarroll's organization uh, brought together Joseph Hulk and Adriano Umbrado. They sat them down and, and these two were interviewed, two of the co-founders of Kaji Kimball. And Vince Black was the interviewer. So while he's conducting the interview, he asked Imperato how the group wound up training together, which is a pretty unique question. He's sitting there going, well, wait a minute, how'd you guys even get together, right? So Imperato explains it. He says, well, Frank Ordinez and Peter Chu, they got us together as a group. And we decided we would make a date and we would go to the Kaheka gym and we would test each other out. And he said, it was me, and you know Hulk and, and Peter Chu and Frank Wardenez and George Chang. Well, all five of us got together to test each other out. So that was the first time they ever trained together. They didn't get together to make a martial arts style. They got together to see how their arts would do against each other. So they did that training and obviously it worked out well because they continued to train together over the next uh, couple of years. So in this, in this interview process, when Vic, uh, Vince Black puts this out there, Adriano Imperato also says, then someone came up with the name. So Hulk, he's kind of, you know, doing the song and dance because he wants to get in and answer this question. And finally, he says, I was the one that came up with the Kajakimbo name. And Imperato then turns around and says, oh, yeah, you, you were the one. So if you believe that video... Then Joseph Polk came up with the name Kaji Kimbo. But wait, there's more. In a 1991 interview, Vince Black, again, he's doing the interview. This time, besides Hulk and Imperato, is Peter Chu. So now you've got three of the co-founders, and they're together. So in this interview, uh, Chu claims that he created the name Kaji Kimbo. And that it was in 1947 at his home. And at that time, he lived at 574 P Road in the Damon Track area with his parents. So he says, hey, it was this house at this time. And you guys were there. Everybody was there. So if you believe that, then Peter Chu came up with the name Kaji Kimball. But wait, there's more. Frank Ordinez has also been... Uh, uh, noted as saying he had a role in them coming up with the name Kajikimbo. Now, he didn't say he created the name, but he said he had a role in the decision-making process. So three of the co-founders had some kind of role in coming up with this name. So based on this, we don't know who to credit exactly, but what we do know is during the time that they trained together, they came up with the name Kajikimbo. So Chu says 1947, and then uh, Imperato, you know, he's interviewed by John Bishop for John Bishop's books, and he says Hulk came up with a name about a year or so after we started training together. 
puts the name somewhere around 1948, maybe even early 49. So you've got Hulk and Imperato saying it was Hulk, and you got Chu saying it was him. So which one? We don't know exactly, but it's really not that important. What's important to note for what we're doing today is there was a name. It was Kajakimbo, and it was early, 47, 48, 49. But I think we really, we really need to identify that part. And you just cleared up one thing right there, right? Because this is why I like doing this stuff. Um, it's always, and I, we've talked about this, the game of telephone that happens with uh with an esoteric martial art like kajakembo <laughs> you most of the stuff is not documented you actually have the documents but most right. of the stuff the most most of the stories a lot of the stories um are just passed on from one generation to the next usually not even in a formal setting like it's not like some schools i heard do like i i i've chuckled a little bit when i see a school that's like oh yeah we have a we have a test we make the students take a test and they have to do a, a written test and write an essay and do a multiple choice of history on kajakembo and if you're doing that awesome i didn't most of the people i know didn't and what normally <laughs> in my circles of kajakembo were a little bit rough it's usually like we just got done sparring we're tired we're banged up and then someone decides to talk about how, you know, <laughs> how Kajakembo started. Uh, they just kind of briefly mentioned it's 1947 and how the blood on the floor. Classes it over to blood on the floor. Great job. Who said it? Who knows? Maybe it was Imperato. Maybe it wasn't. But they'll tell you Imperato said that and then we'll end class. And or even worse, after the fact, we're licking our wounds, drinking a few beers. And then we'll start talking about Kajakembo history three beers deep. So like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that's why I like, I like having this conversation with you, kind of clear that stuff up. And already in what you just said, um, 1947, that's why people are saying that on the Wikipedia page, 1947, because of the video they saw, because you said it was a documented video, so that makes sense yeah. of Chu claiming he started the name in 1947. Right. And, and even if he didn't make it in 47, they didn't do it until 48 or even 49. At least we know when the co-founders trained together, they had a name. And, and here in that same 91 video, Peter Chu explained how they came up with the name. Have you ever heard the story of how they came up with the name Kajikimbo? No. Well, let's think. Let's think. Mm, okay. I'll tell you the urban legend from what I remember. Okay. Um, and I'll tell you the urban legend version, then you can be accurate on this one. Um, I was told... And I'm not even going to mention who it was because if they're going to be like, I didn't say that because I'm trying to dig into a conversation I had uh, probably after getting punched in the face 10 years ago. Um, I was told when I asked that question that there were five masters. It was like four or five masters in Hawaii. And uh, one of them was a karate master. One of them was a judo master. One of them was a kung fu master. And one of them was a professional boxer. And that these guys would bang all the time in Hawaii. And that they all got together before the war. And they didn't even mention which war. So I assumed it was World War II. Later, I'd find out it was the Korean War. But at the time, since there was no context here, before the war, that's all I was told. So I'm like, okay, World War II, I guess. Because they said that the name came about in 1947. So I guess we're talking about 1945. 
So, all right. So before World War II, there was these badasses. There was a karate master, a judo master, a kung fu master, and a professional boxer. And they were just duking it out, right? Just going at it. And after duking it out one day, they realized that instead of fighting each other, they should make their own style because they're doing something different. And the, and one of them, they didn't say who, <laughs> decided to say, hey, you're karate, you're judo, you're kung fu. Let's just do an acronym, Kaju Kembo. And then after that, the war started. I assumed it was World War II. And everybody died <laughs> in World War II in 1945. They all fought the Nazis and didn't come back. And and God rest their souls. Adrian Emperado is the only survivor. And he took this on and carried the legacy with them. To, oh. to, to, and in my head, to, to, so that the legacy can continue for these five. He wasn't one of the masters in this story. He was just the guy that trained with these masters. And they bestowed in him <laughs> the legacy that he carried with him to honor them in their deaths in World War II. I mean, I like my story a lot. <laughs> I, I don't tell it to you anyone, know, but it sounds really cool. It, it's not that far-fetched from some of the stories that I've heard. It's it's a completely inaccurate, but it's not that far-fetched. But let me share a, uh, what was said in the interview, 1991 interview. Peter Chu is talking about how they came up with the name Kaji Kimball. So they had taken some paper and they wrote down letters to represent their various martial arts styles. So they wrote Kempo Karate. So they wrote K-E-N and K-A for Kempo and Karate. And they wrote J-U for Judo and Jiu-Jitsu. And they wrote B-O for Boxing. And they put these letters on a table. I'm Based on the way he explained it, I'm thinking they're probably in his living room or maybe the kitchen. They're on the table. The letters are there, and they're moving the letters around. And the, one of the names they came up with was Ken Kajubo. And when Chu explained that, uh, it was, you know, Kempo Karate, Judo, Jiu-Jitsu, and boxing, both Western style of boxing, and then the Chinese style, which we call Kung Fu or Gung Fu, right? So he explains that, and he said they didn't like the name. And as Chu is explaining this, Hulk and Imperato, they're laughing at the different names they came up with, because I think they must have came up with several. But then Chu says he took the K-A and he moved it over to the front. So instead of being Kimpo Karate, it became Karate. And he moved it to the front, and they moved the letters around until they got Ka-Ju-Ken-Bo. And according to Chu, in this interview, he said, 1947, Damon Track, right there, Kaju Kembo. So that's his explanation of the date and the time and how they came up with mixing the letters together. Now, at that particular time, based on the information that I have, um, Joseph Hulk was a brown belt in Donsenru Jiu-Jitsu. And the other four co-founders at that time didn't have any rank. They, they hadn't earned any rank in any martial arts styles, but they were well-trained. You know, they had training in Kempo Karate, they had training in boxing, they had training in Jiu-Jitsu and Judo and so forth. And to say like one person only knew this is not very fair or accurate either because they cross-trained. They just didn't get the belts yet. And that stuff came a little bit later, but not that far behind. So when they got together in the beginning, uh, Imperato, if anything, he was he was a Kempo practitioner. He'd been training with Chow for a little while, but he uh, 
he was probably more noted at that time and even even the years to follow as a street fighter. So his skill set was how to win a fight. And it, I'm sure it wasn't that pretty. And Joe Hulk now, um, he was a combat instructor in the military. He went in the military during World War II and ended up becoming a hand-to-hand -hand combat instructor for the 9th Infantry over in Europe. So while he's around and he's doing his thing, you know, he's got to be well accomplished. Um, I'm sure he's very structured because he just came out of a military setting. All five of the co-founders were in the Army. Imperato was in the Filipino, uh, first Filipino regiment, but he was still in the Army. All five were in the Army. So they all had that structure uh, to draw from while they're, you know, creating whatever they're creating. So... Look, we know the co-founders created the name Kaji Kimball. And according to Peter Chu, we know how they came up with the name by mixing the various arts together. So it kind of leads us over to when was this Kaji Kimball name used publicly? They had it, but when did you see it on paper? And that's kind of where we are. That's really what we're doing today, right? So now it makes sense then. I get that. That's why I like reading by the urban legend to what actually happened. But there's the, because I always say, like, your urban legend and your game of history telephone that we play and what we do, you are going to end up finding some elements of what actually happened. So there definitely was that World War II element. There definitely was that military element that's there in that original story. The embellished, you know, there's like it's always, it's always more exaggerated. And you legend, don't believe the legendary. About the dragon? <laughs> no, I love that part <laughs> when the dragon came and <laughs> they took out one the of them swords. Was, and... <laughs> uh, yeah, one of them was the influence for you know Game of Thrones and just the whole ability <laughs> to slay dragons. <laughs> so. It's it's really cool to see how where that where it came from, right? There was they they all were from the military, so that's that's where that's where that story came from. And yeah. in, in Korea, Korean War is why they stopped training together. In that eighty-seven video, Joe Hoke says that he left in forty-nine to go to infantry school. Now he was in the military. Hoke went in, got out, went back in. Imperato did too. You, you'll read stuff about him going into the military and he went in uh, in uh, uh, 40, 44, I believe it was, 44 or 45, I have it written down, but it's December of, of that year, uh, December 45. And he gets out about, you know, 15 months later. And then he's back in Hawaii and he's at the, uh, at the housing for veterans, he's living there with uh, his uh, fiance, and then he goes back in the military. So after this group breaks up, uh, George Chen goes. He's out of the army. He goes into the uh, Merchant Marines or the Marines at Marine Reserves. So he's gone again, and they, he's the one they thought died in Korean War, and he didn't. He came back home. But these guys were all involved in the military. So not only did they have a military background, but they also grew up in Hawaii and, you know, saw the devastation from the bombs being dropped on December 7th, you know, and all the chaos, I'm sure, that came out of that. So 
not only were they, you know, learning the martial arts, I'm sure while they're training, they're trying to figure out how to stay alive for as long as they can and how to be, you know, good, strong, you know, American citizens so they can go and fight this war. And so, okay, so then my other question. So uh, I know I don't want to sidetrack us too much. And I know we're going to try to stick to a time frame. But did it? Did any of them die in the war? No. Okay. All right. No. All right. And and a lot of people, unless you really get deep in it, you don't understand that that Joseph Hulk was a full bird colonel. He had an excellent military career. His brother uh, was heavily decorated in the military. You know, these guys were, you know, they're patriots. And uh, Peter Chu is a retired first sergeant. These guys, they did well. Uh, Emperado, when he was in his second enlistment, he was a corporal and he was a he was a medic. These guys did well in the military, um, not only serving their country, but creating the person they were going to be later on. So, if I have my timeline correctly, um, they finished up they nineteen around forty seven forty eight, either well, they finished up in forty nine when Hulk went 49. to the infantry school. Okay, that was that was the last time they had, they had trained together as a group. All right, so forty nine. And um, at this point in our story, Chu claims he made the name in 47. Joseph Hulk is verified by Emperado and that he he wrote, he claims the name in 1948. They go to the war. They come back. They all come back. <laughs> well, what happens is Emperado had already been in the military. So when Hulk left, Imperato had already gotten out of the military. He got out sometime in, I think, July of 48. So he was already done. He, he'd served his military duty. Um, Peter Chu stayed in for 20 years. So he was in from 46 to 66, I believe. So he served 20 years. Um, George Chang, when he left in 49, they didn't see him again. They all thought he was dead. And then Frank Ordonez, I believe, got out in 49. I don't have those records in front of me because this was a completely different topic. But they're, the two that are primarily still in the military are Chu and Hulk. And since Hulk left, he went to, uh, I believe, California for inf infantry training. Uh, now that he's gone, Imperato has gone on and he's teaching his own students. So... We're actually going to pick up from where Imperato's teaching his own students because that's really where the name is first used publicly. You want to go from there? Yeah, let's go from okay. there. So let's let's look at this. Um, so I have a newspaper article, and it's dated November 27, 1957. And in the article, the school is listed as Diploma Wahiwa Kempo Club. In the article lists the instructors. So as of November 27th, 1957, the instructors are Adriano Imperato, Joseph Imperato, and Marino Tiwanak, and they're teaching the Kempo style at the Plum Settlement. And George Seronio, otherwise known as George Polly Seronio, he is teaching at the Waiwa Kempo Club. So he's got two clubs, Plama and Waiwa. Shronio's at one, and these other three are at the other. So that article, 1957, is right here. 
can be found very simple on a Google search for Ancestry.com and, and go from there. And if you can see at the bottom, I know it's backwards, but you can see their names because it lists them as the instructors. So if you look at that article, you say, okay, well, Improto obviously had schools, had a couple of them in 57. But then I located an article from December 7th of 1957. And the article talks about the Palama Waiwak Kimpo Club and they're sponsoring a uh, dance at a gym. So this is the Wahiwa gym. This is the article right here. So all it's talking about and the purpose behind keeping this document is that as of December 7th, 1957, the school is still called the Plama Waiwa Kempo Club. And all of that changes three weeks later. So on the 28th of December, 1957, there's an article. It says self-defense group elects officials. In the article, we learned that the Kajikimo Self-Defense Institute of Palama Settlement has elected their officials for 1958. And it names those folks in the article. So it says that Adriano Imperato, he is the chief instructor. And Joe Imperato, he is the assistant chief instructor. Uh, Marino Tiwanak, he is the Kajikimo instructor. Ben Kakuma, Anton Silva, Charlie Lee, and a few others, they're the directors. Aleo Reyes is the secretary treasurer, and then they have a sergeant of arms. And that is this, arc, this article right here. So this article right here is the first known public use of the name Kajikimbo and of the organizational name, the Kajikimbo Self-Defense Institute. Now, I wanna say and stress this intensely, this is a newspaper article that I've located. Are there others out there? I don't know. I couldn't find them. That doesn't mean they don't exist. And others may have documents and paperwork that say, wait a minute, wait a minute. But we have to go by the dates that we have. So the last time that I could find the Plum Waiwa Kimball Club is December the 7th. The first time that I find Kaju Kimball and Kaju Kimball Self-Defense Institute is December 28, 1957. So when George Polystronio passed away, he was a great grandmaster at the time, the only great grandmaster in Kaju Kimball under the KSDI. When he passed away, he left behind a box of, of martial arts, Kaju Kimball memorabilia, et cetera. And thankfully, his, uh, his grandson, Professor Albert Sadler was contacted and Albert was asked if he wanted to keep this stuff. And Albert graciously accepted. And Albert's a very close friend of mine. We've known each other for over 30 years. He brought this stuff to me and let me look through it. And it's all really cool. But one thing that really stood out, especially from a research perspective, is inside that box, we found the admission forms for the Waiwa School. So you had the Plama Settlement School and you had the Waiwa School. Uh, the forms, they contain a place for the student to put their name, their address, their phone number. And then the student's required to sign uh, a, a waiver preventing them to have any action against Temperato or any of the representatives, right? So basically, you have to sign the front of this form that says, if you kill me, I can't sue you. 
because I'm sure a lot of people felt like they were going to get killed in these classes. Now, what's unique is the front of the form, it has a stamp on it, and it's, it looks like a manually placed stamp. And the stamp says, Kajikimo Self-Defense Institute, method by Kempo Jiu-Jitsu. And Kempo is spelled with an M. So for the N versus N versus, it's, this means this, this means that, and Kempo and so forth. At the time, um, and I'm sure for several years following that, the method that the Imperato brothers taught was Kempo Jiu-Jitsu, just like Matosi taught, just like Chow taught. So that is stamped on these. And you can tell it's from a manual stamp because they're not all the same. Some are turned this way, some are turned that way. So the second page, it contains the heading, the Kajikimo Self-Defense Institute. And it asks a question, what are your primary and secondary reasons for wanting to join this self-defense art? And it's really unique. So here is one that I have that I'll show. This is for Richard Takamoto. And this is September 9th, 1957. And you can't really see the stamp because it's a photocopy, but the stamp is right here. And it's a round circular stamp, I think farther back maybe, I don't know. These are posted on my Facebook page um, and they're also on kajakimbo.com. So the second page is cool because it tells you like, hey, why do I want to get involved in martial arts? And it, they provide a little bio about this. You know, hey, why, why do I want to get involved? So I, I think what's cool with this is the earliest forms are dated September 9th, 1957. So that's a Monday. And for some reason, Great Grandmaster Sharonio kept these forms. They only go from September to December. Many of them are September 9th or 10th, which is a Monday and a Tuesday. So he has uh, he has them, keeps them for his, his whole life. So possibly these are his students. The first time that the school is under his control, that's what I'm thinking. Like, you know, he had taught for the Imperato brothers, but this is now his deal. So if you look at the forms, and we'll go back here and take a peek at this form again, there's a, there's a signature block. Are you there? Oh, there you go. I found it. Here there it is. you go. And so there's, there's that, a signature here, block. Let's use that one. Here's, so, here's, here's, a, here's that seal you were talking about right here, that, that stamp. That stamp. That stamp. So it's hard to tell what it says. So if I tell you what it says, it says Kajikimo Self-Defense Institute. And it says method by Kimpo Jiu-Jitsu. Mm -hmm. And Jiu-Jitsu is spelled uh, spelled out. It's not the uh, short spelling. It's a full J-I-U spelling. So on these forms, they're signed by George Sharonio. If you can go a little bit farther over and up, you can see George Sharonio signs that. And then uh, John Ventura witnesses this one. That's probably the only one John Ventura witnessed. All the other ones are witnessed by Antonio A. Ramos, who is known as Tony Ramos. He was my first Kajikimo instructor. Um, then you can see Adrian Imperato signs it, and then Joseph Imperato signs it. I mean, these are really cool if you're looking at the historical perspective of Kajikimo's beginnings. So what is also cool from these forms, uh, several of these guys went on to get their black belt. So Richard Takamoto, he starts September 9th, 57. He gets a black belt from Imperato. He's, he's 
on the black belt family tree. Richard Chun starts uh, the next day, September 10th. He gets a black belt. Uh, Pedro Jerry Martin, who was uh, also a lot, several of these guys were law enforcement too. So Jerry Martin was also longtime law enforcement, retired law enforcement. But he started on the 16th of September in 57. And then Curtis Orion, who is a grandmaster, he's deceased now, but he was Kachikama grandmaster. According to his paperwork, he started training in Kajukimbo at the Waiwa School in November of 1957. It's There's about 40, 45 of these forms. Um, again, you know, they're they're all witnessed by Seronio. So I think that's that's pretty cool. Now, there is, uh, there's often conversations about the schools. And there, it's often, well, they didn't have any women and kids didn't train there. And looking at these forms, there are some female names, okay? And there are also several names, four or five of them, that are under the age of 18. And one male student is only 16 years old, and he's got a, uh, a waiver signed by a parent. So there are no kids per se, but there is a 16-year-old training in this class, and there are men and women. Maybe not a Palama, but it's going on at YUR. So I think it's important to, to share that information too. So I think with these forms, it's important to know that these are the earliest known documents that contain the name Kaju Kimbo and the organizational name of the Kaju Kimbo Self-Defense Institute. That doesn't mean there aren't earlier forms in someone's possession because Prior to getting these forms, we thought December 28th was the first time Kajikimo was ever used publicly. But on these forms, we know now September 9th is the first time based on, on these forms. But this is a universal form, Angela. This, this doesn't say Waiwa Kajikimo on it. It says Kajikimo Self-Defense Institute. So this could have been any of the schools. It could be the Palama School, the Kaimuki School, um, the, the IAS School. Uh, there was a school in Eva. They had multiple Kaju Kimmel schools about this same time. They all seemed to come out around 1957. So this form could have been used at any of them. It may have been used sooner at some. It could have been used at Palama earlier than this. We just don't have copies of it. And Sadly, you know, back then, no one would have thought, you know, why should I keep this? You know, it's no big deal. I just signed this form. I'm going to throw it away with everything else because I don't do it anymore. I mean, even like right now, I have, geez, when I started my program out here, and the dates are already hazy for me, and we're not even talking about a long history here. We're talking about like six years ago. I don't know. I know I keep all the waivers. My wife always asks me, like, some of these students aren't even here anymore. You got like 50... <laughs> You got like 50 or 60 waivers signed and 20 people training. Like, why, why are you holding on? Well, because they come back sometimes. It's true. They do come back. Like, I have 60 people signed to the program, 20 regulars, and 40 people. She's like, but when do they show up? Like, but they do. That's the problem. Like, a year will go by. So they'll go off to college. Or I have one guy who, who ended up, uh, he tested to be a civil engineer, I think it was. And so he left. The prefecture to take the test outside and then he sent me a message recently I, I thought he was gone i'm like okay he's gone and i kept the waiver i haven't seen him for six months now and but i keep the waiver because he sends me a message and he says hey 
I failed the test. I feel ashamed. I'm going to come back home now. I got to go back to my parents. Uh, and uh, I want to start training again. And like, it's okay. You know, the dojo is open, but you never know where life will take a person. <laughs> so I always keep the waivers. But my wife's always asking me, like, why don't you throw this stuff away? And I always think to myself, oh. No, no, think about this. So Joe Davis, <laughs> uh, Senior Grandmaster Joe Davis, he's my Imperato Method instructor. He still has the card he got from Aleo Reyes, his teacher. It's his membership card, and it's dated June of 1962. And then Joe went and trained with Bruce Lee in Oakland. And so he has a card from Bruce Lee from when he started training there and, you know, Bruce signs and stuff. So there's that part, like, you don't know who your teacher is going to be later on down the road. But I mean, look at Bobby Seronio, right? He's his son, little Bobby. He's making a heck of a name for himself in the MMA world. And someday he might be world champ. And I'm going to say, hey, I knew you win, right? That's the stuff. You don't know who these guys are going to be. Yeah, and then for those of you who don't know, uh, check out Bellator. Uh, Bobby Ceronio the third. I think third, he's yeah. the third. Bobby's the third. Bobby's the third. Um, he's uh, who's, who's, for Bellator. Whose great grandfather is George Paulie Ceronio that we were yeah. talking about, one of the Kajikimo's earliest instructors. That's his yeah. great grandfather. Yeah. So he fights in MMA. Want to check it out? Um, yeah, that's that's a modern connection. So yeah, like, like I said. It, that, but you said this is how it happens, right? As we don't know where things are gonna go for when, when we're doing our stuff, we're just holding on to paperwork. And at one point, we're asking ourselves, should we get rid of it? Should we throw it away? Because to us, we're not thinking that someone's gonna dig this up sixty years later and start talking about where the school was founded, and who was teaching oh, who. <laughs> two two dorks are gonna get online and start talking about this stuff. No, it was Tuesday <laughs> afternoon. No, it was Wednesday morning. Right. <laughs> the fact that we still care just shows the passion about about the arts and themselves exactly but, i mean so you know for what we were talking about today look we know the general timeline when they came up with the name kajikempo and we know the co-founders came up with it we we probably are leaning a little bit more towards hulk only because Imperato had told john bishop that and then hulk said it himself but it could have been it could have been Chew, or it could have been a combination of all of them with Frank Warden is saying, yeah, yeah, yeah I, I agree, let's do that. But it came out of their time period. The question is, why wasn't it used between the time that they came up with it until we found this stuff in 57? Why did Imperato keep it under wraps? Was he still working on it? Um, did he not want to use the name? Was he using Kempo Jiu-Jitsu? to honor his teacher William Chow and honor Matose did they have a falling out and he said okay forget it I'm doing my own thing I'm moving forward Kajikemo is my art this is what I'm doing all kinds of things could have happened we don't know we weren't there and the people that do know are probably not with us anymore I'm sure some family members know the real story but maybe haven't quite shared all of that with everybody but this is what we have. Um, you know, we, we know this information here. And and the first public use of the name Kajikemo in a newspaper, December 28, 1957. The first public known use of the name Kajikemo and Kajikemo Self-Defense Institute would be September 9th, 1957. 
And if someone has some documents out there that are older than that, man, love to hear from you. Uh, you can get a hold of me really easy. I'm easy to get a hold of. UKFcertified.com is my website. Uh, Coach Mitch Ballard, hotmail.com is my email. And then uh, I want to put a shout out to uh, Christopher Reyes. Christopher Reyes is the grandson of the late great grandmaster Leo Reyes and the son of the late senior grandmaster Alan Reyes. Christopher's a Sigong, Kajikimo Sigong, and he has Kajikimo.com and he is putting this site together. It's pretty cool. And he's got a lot of historic documents from his family's lineage, from the Reyes Kempo Karate lineage on there. And he's trying to get some of the senior guys to put their bios on there. So if we've got Kaji Kimmel grandmasters, professors out there that are interested in sharing their either history, you can put a bio up on this website. If you have an event that's coming up, you can post that on this website. If you're doing a seminar or tournament or whatever, uh, Christopher is trying to get this to be the Kaji Kimmel go-to website. You know, one-stop shop for everything Kaji Kimmel. So I'm going to put this plug in for him. He's a great guy. Uh, he's extremely talented, um, not just in the martial arts stuff, but in the tech world, filmmaking, interviewing, and so forth. He's really good at this. So check that out. Um, a lot of the stuff that I end up with that's historical-based generally comes from uh, you know, the Imperato family, uh, Glenn Fracelli, uh, Kimo Imperato, that, you know, they oversee the KSDI, right? So they have documents and photographs and stuff like that that are shared and, and they get a chance to see those things. They've done a, they've done a lot for Kaji Kimbo in trying to uh, keep everything preserved. So definitely want to throw a shout out to those guys for even making a lot of this possible for us, the historians, the people that want to share the story. Send me a link later, and I'll put that when I make this video. I'll put the link. So anybody watching by this point, I know, and I'm talking like present past tense. Um, this this podcast is in the fourth dimension. So when I'm talking, I'm talking in the future, the past, and the present all at the same time. But he's gonna send. Me, you're gonna send me a link. So if you look in the comments of YouTube, there'll be a link to that either in the comments or in the video description for the website that he just mentioned, uh, the www.kajukembo.com. Is that right? Kajukembo.com, yeah. All right. And um, also, I was going to say one more thing. Oh, well, it must not be that important. Yeah. So, yeah, I'll put the, I'll put the link there for, the, for anybody watching. You can check out the links in the video description or in the comments. Oh, yeah, that's what I was going to say. If any of you want to contact me, or Mitch, you can literally jump right into the YouTube comments and put your, I mean, if you're scared about that, just, you can literally just post, please contact me. I want to talk. I've had people do this. I'll, I'll throw my, I'm a public entity, so I don't mind putting my email address out there. I'm already, I don't know how many scammers, hackers have tried to get to me already. I'm not challenging these people, but so far, so good. I will put my email on there. If you're, if you're afraid to put your email address out there, I'll, I'll throw my email address out there. You can contact me and we can do this in privacy so contact next year. So that's, that's another easier way. Of it. And, and think about this. We've had people make comments that you followed up on and they a couple of times have added to the information that we have or corrected something that we thought we knew. And they said, no, no, no. Based on this, this is what it, 
you should be saying, or this is what we know. And as long as it's supported by a, a document that we can verify and not someone just talking story, uh, that's what we look for. I, I, I love to talk story, but I have to be able to prove the things that I say. So if you take a look at John Bishop's book, you'll see pages and pages of documentation on who he spoke to, on who provided this information, where it came from. That's the stuff that you need to have to make this stuff work for everybody in the future. Because if we go back to talking story, we got five supernatural human beings that could defy gravity, that slayed dragons. And I mean, just all this silly stuff. These were, you know, five just very fortunate <laughs> men that were able to get together, train together, and come up with enough of a, a sense of combining their arts together to create techniques and start this process moving forward. They weren't trying to change the world, man. They were just trying to train with each other. And I'm sure there was a little bit of, can I kick this guy's ass? Let me check it out. And from there, they respected each other and they moved forward and, and they got this stuff written down and they took some photographs. And then now you look and you can go to a lot of places around the United States and you can find somebody teaching some flavor of Kaji Kimbo. Yeah. And they didn't have to slay dragons, although I do like the slaying dragon story. Uh, <laughs> I still like my story. They all fought in the war and died. One, only one survived. Yes. <laughs> only one survived. Hey, someone survived, right? Old Prado survived. Old Prado survived. One survived. The other five masters died. I love that story. <laughs> I, <don't, laughs> I, I don't tell it to anyone. Well, I told it for the first time here. <laughs> if Hollywood made that movie, that's probably what they would do. That's a great movie, man. Five guys one student everyone goes to the war he 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 sits there and just is grinding as each one is killed in the war just heartbroken <laughs> comes back i mean that's an amazing movie really it's a war movie it's a martial arts hollywood <laughs> it's a martial arts movie it's a war movie it's a historical documentary all rolling the one <laughs> so, <laughs> i'll tell you if i knew how to write a documentary if i knew how to do a a, a, a screenplay or whatever the real kaji campbell story would be amazing screenplay oh yeah it, it is I mean, it, it is that's why it's like i think it's funny that you hear the the legend that it turns into, but then the actual story is just as cool. I mean, I, I don't want to get sidetracked because we are wrapping up. We are going to finish up, but the actual story is still really, really cool. Like um, the stories of them of them training at the at the abandoned uh, military barracks, developing this yep. art, right? The street fights that came up, um, them shining shoes to make money, to make ends meet, getting into fights with people in the middle of all that these are all great stories and they would make a great screenplay but i don't contact me because i don't have all the information contact mitch he's got all the information if you want if you're trying to put something like that together <laughs> all right man anything else you want to say before we go no oh, man we covered it we you know we told some history here and it's history that i hope is shared instead of some of the silly stuff that you read on on the internet and see on some of these Facebook pages. But this is our history. This is what we know about it so far. So I just appreciate the opportunity to be able to talk about this and to cite the resources. And 
you know, the art is still not very old. Our martial art was founded in 47. So we've still got a ways to go. We can continue to work on it. Not only just the history part, but building our leadership. Uh, we've got uh, we've got some good guys out there calling the shots right now. I'm uh, I'm impressed with Koch Campbell's current leadership. We could uh, use some more people to step up. We need more people to run schools. Um, we do a lot of garage training, and I'm guilty of that too. I I ran a commercial school for quite a few years, but I do a lot of garage teaching now. But we do need more more of the big schools and keep this art going, keep it alive and keep it. Kaji Kimbo, please don't create your own techniques and create your own forms and call it Kaji Kimbo. Use the ones that are already there. Uh, that would be my plea. But uh, I think we're doing really good. We just had a, an annual gathering in Las Vegas and it, I thought it turned out fantastic. But we're doing well as, a, as an organization. We're doing well as uh, martial art. We just need to open up other, you know, the Middle East uh, is starting to develop and grow now. Uh, Europe's done pretty well and has for quite a few years. Just need to keep going, keep pushing forward. All right. Well, Mitch, thanks again for coming on the show. I always learn a lot, and hopefully my, my viewers can learn a lot too. And uh, Social Jello with Angelo podcast. Some, I forgot who called me. Someone called me and said, you should call it the Country Kimbo Podcast. And I said, no. <laughs> no. So I forgot. Yeah, I, I forgot. Someone, someone called me and said, someone called me and posted or said something like that. It's like, no, I'm not, not, not going to do it. Social yeah. Jello with Angelo Podcast. Podcast about psychology, martial arts. A lot of Country Kimbo because it's the art that I that I practice and teach. Um, I used to say once a month. I've been doing them once a week lately. But don't quote me on that. But there is, lately, it's been once a week. But you'll always get at least once a month. So check it out. Catch you all next so time. Once a month, Kaji Kimbo podcast by Angela. <laughs> uh, yeah, fine. <laughs> all right. I'll see you all later. Thanks again, Mitch. All right. Cool.